0: Well, hey, you are listening to the Timmy Riggs podcast, Life In The Meantime. And uh, I'm going over the six major components of In The Meantime. They're pretty obvious things, right? But uh, there are six components that I believe make up your whole life that happens uh, day to day. And those are the components of your spiritual life, your mental life, your physical, relational, financial and vocational. And so today I'm talking about component number two, your mindset, right? And the reason that in the meantime is so important to me, and why I believe kind of it's a catchy brand, and why people, when you talk about it, it's relatable, um, is because everybody has some sort of in the meantime, right? Um, I think everyone can think back on a season, a meantime season of their life, maybe it was college. Or a career transition, or a health journey, or or a pregnancy story, a relational struggle they had to work through, uh, a season of paying off debt, a season of saving for a house, or or maybe it's a goal you're chasing after, right? Like I named a lot of things that kind of we all go through, right? But we all have something we can think about. But not only that, I believe the meantime of life, it's kind of evergreen. Meaning you may have a meantime story in your past, but even right now, currently, you are in some kind of meantime season. So it's like an all-encompassing thing, right? Like you've had meantime moments, but you are probably in a specific meantime moment right now. It could be that you're approaching any of the above statements that I said, or it could be something else. Nonetheless, you have headed somewhere in your life, and the very moment you're in right now. You're headed somewhere else. It's the meantime. My hope for me and everyone else uh, when I'm on this podcast or I'm speaking or just one-on-one conversations is that we can recognize what meantime we're in and that we become aware enough to be able to make it a successful season. One where we are healthy while in it, but come out uh, healthy on the other side. Uh, I see because of it's, it's a lot of the stuff that I follow and pay attention to, it's kind of just you know, self-help stuff, encouraging things, motivational stuff. But right now there seems to be this theme where it's like, get as much as you can. And it's it's guised in accomplishment and success and things like that. And for me, I'm like, hey, let's go for goals. Let's accomplish things. Let's get, try to get better. But as a Christian, as a Jesus follower, it's always going to be rooted in, yes, but in that moment, I want my life to be abundant with peace and joy, because that's a life that God has called me to. So each day can be special and meaningful. And just as um, important as I said, it's the place that we're heading to, we don't want to just see it as once I get there, I'll be happy, or once I get there, I'll be full of peace and joy. I want it to be while I'm on the way. I believe that's why component number one is so important to me, but I think to everybody, because it's about getting our spiritual life in a healthy state which I believe ultimately trickles over into the other components and impacts all the areas of our life. So component number two, I definitely believe is intrinsically connected to component number one, and that is our mindset, component number two. The way we see our in the meantime will have a huge impact on the outcome we produce. It will also guide and direct the actions we take along the journey. So I'm convinced that the way you think about your life is the ultimate compass For the type of life you end up living. So here's a small example. Where I live right now, we are experiencing crazy rain here in Oklahoma City. Okay, So there's two types of ways to see this. One is that the rain is limiting. I've had to cancel multiple golf rounds myself because of the rain. So that's a small inconvenience. I haven't been able to play outside with my little girls much because it's sopping wet. I know of graduations and weddings that have had to pivot some of their experiences from outdoors to indoors because of the rain. It's funny because at daycare, they must sing the rain, rain, go away song all the time because my daughter has been singing it nonstop. And so it's easy to fall into the category of just wishing the weather would change. And if uh, you get too consumed by those thoughts, it's really easy to get frustrated by how much rain we are having and how it's kind of impacting our day-to-day life. Now, on the other hand, we have the exact same opportunity to see the rain as an abundant gift, right? So right before the storm kicked in, literally the day before, I got my lawn aerated. So it's kind of a silly one, but man, that is like the best time for super heavy rain. My lawn is loving it and all my flowers are loving it. Those are super small things, but I'm grateful for it. More seriously, in Oklahoma, it's been pretty dry. So all our farmers have been having a tough go at it this season, but because of the rain, very seriously many of their prayers have been answered so it is funny to think that there are probably people on both sides if you're planning a wedding and it's an outdoor wedding you're praying that rain doesn't come but if you're a farmer you're praying that it does so the rain has led to a lot of creativity um for us and our daughter as we have had to find different ways to play inside. Um, But I also know that pretty much all those events, I just talked to a DJ today, and he said they pivoted for this wedding he just did, and it was still super fun and awesome. So they ended up uh, still being great experiences. And the plus side is, my grass is green, and pretty much every day in my neighborhood as I drive home, I'm seeing kids playing and dancing in the rain. Bottom line, the rain can be seen as either a problem or a gift. And in most scenarios in our life, that's pretty much how every situation presents itself. When my wife and I get invited somewhere, it's a great feeling. We know that friends like us and they want to hang out with us, right? So for us, it's it's a great night to get to hang out with friends. It's refreshing. That's a gift. The problem is, as young parents, meaning having young kids, we gotta pay a babysitter. But I'm good with that problem because I love my little girl. I wouldn't trade her for any amount of freedom, but we are still individuals. So we want to go do things every now and then. So it's super worth it to figure out how to solve that problem. And it's not necessarily even seen as a problem. I have a rental property and my goal is to get more. Sometimes I talk with people and they say things like, I couldn't handle the headache of taking care of another property and dealing with renters. Do you know what? They're right. There are times when it's stressful and there are problems to fix. However, my goal is to build a rental portfolio to create income for years and years to come. And if you uh, see that maybe, yeah, 15 days out of the year, my rental property is kind of a headache. But at the same time, I am making money three different ways from my rental property. One, the cash flow from rent the appreciation of the property, and thirdly, uh, the mortgage that gets paid down for me. So it's a problem worth having in my perspective. Here's a couple more. Choosing to live a healthy lifestyle comes with tons of new problems, like time management, figuring out what exercises work for you, intentionality with your food, the foods that you eat and that you buy. It's a pain and a problem to figure that stuff out, but the return is longevity feeling good physically, and probably even improving the way that you see yourself. Last one, helping disciple someone in their faith, that can be hard. It can be scary and feel like more of a burden than a blessing sometimes. But the upside is you are helping someone grow their faith and transform their life. While in turn, you can almost guarantee those same things are going to happen in your life while you're doing it. So my point in all of that is that life is just hard. And there will always be different problems and pains that present themselves. But if we begin to steward our thoughts in the direction of growth and progress, all these little problems can be seen as opportunities that are here to help us grow. This is not new. This is stuff that we have heard, whether it was from your high school football coach, counselor, whatever, right? And I remember hearing a quote a few years back that has stuck with me and it went like this. If I get to next year and I don't have new and bigger problems, then I'm probably doing something wrong. Right. Let me say it again. If I get to next year and I don't have newer and bigger problems, then I'm probably doing something wrong. This speaker was saying that he has transformed his mindset in a way that lets him know that a lot of the challenges he faces are just meantime moments of growth. As a caveat, I won't tarry too long on this fact, but we know that there are problems that we find ourselves in because of wrong choices or procrastination or whatever it might be. So I'm not necessarily talking about those things, but again, if we learn from those things and we don't repeat them, even those moments can be helpful. So here's a look into a personal experience for me that I have uh, navigated in my meantime season. And this is pretty vulnerable, um, but I just wanted to share it because at the end of the day, I want it to kind of be real and I want you to know that I've kind of earned the um, Maybe the right to, to talk about this and, and to the right of uh, doing the work to kind of make sure you're in the right mental headspace, right? So this isn't completely new. If you know me, you, you know this is the journey I've been on, or I've talked about it a little bit here and there on the podcast. But 18 months ago, I think around 18 months ago, I jumped full-time from my position as a college pastor, and i have done nearly six full-time years as a pastor. This was a tough decision to get to. Um, There were a few different opportunities for me to take the next step in ministry, right? Becoming a senior pastor. Up until that point, I'd been an associate. But as much as I kind of fit in that box, I felt like I didn't, right? I just never felt like that was ultimately what God was calling me towards. And so it was interesting to jump from something. That I loved. Um, in a lot of scenarios, people leave things because they're unhappy and they hate it. That wasn't my situation. For me, it was just, hey, I think there's something new and there's something different that God wants me to do with my life. I don't have all the answers on why or the reasons why, but I just know this is the direction I'm being pulled, right? So when I jumped, I had a little bit of a plan. I was gonna run to Streakers, which is my window cleaning custom Christmas light business to help support me financially. While I also worked on trying to grow the In The Meantime brand, which would be mainly around me speaking, writing, creating content like that. So in a sense, kind of put myself a little bit in that Christian influencer space now uh, in the church world. Um, there's an older word that would have been used, and it'd be kind of called evangelist, right? That just means you go from church to church speaking, and and that's not exactly what I had in mind either. For me, it was just this whole um, idea, maybe even like we know Dave Ramsey as uh, company is built on you know, helping you get out of debt and and step towards financial freedom. I kind of want to create a brand around all the categories like, hey, I want to help people with their spirituality, with their physical lives, with their relationships, with their money, with their vocation, right? All the things that kind of happen in the meantime. So when I jumped, I was 28 years old. Right now I'm 30. I had a good amount of people a little older than me congratulate me and encourage me and say things like, hey, now's the time. I wish I would have done something like that. Uh, but as we approach 40 or whatever, they might have said it, it would just be too hard to jump and try to pivot careers because our life's pretty established. So I kind of clung to those meaningful statements and it was encouraging. And, and I think from the outside, what I was going through looked easier than it was, right? So as the months went on, I began to recognize a pattern in my mindset. That's what we're going to be talking about, component number two. I'd have some months where I fell on. I was accomplishing all my goals. I was seeing things happen that I dreamed of. I saw some good cash flow from my businesses. And I'll just add this, like, even when I jumped, I was like, is Streaker's the thing, right? Is that the thing I'm going to build? In 20 years, I'm going to have this giant window cleaning company. That's never really been the goal for me. Uh, it's kind of always been the thing that helps me get to the thing. But nonetheless, it's a thing that is helping me right now. So I'd see some good cash flow coming from that. And moments where I enjoyed the new freedom of entrepreneurship. Yet, I also had many months that felt the exact opposite. Where it felt like I was floating in the abyss of freedom. Not sure what next steps to take. And, and I'll just talk about that for a second. Um, I think that when people envision maybe jumping from their job, if it's a job they don't like. Where again, mine was different. But if they're jumping from a job they don't like. And they're like, okay, well if I was an entrepreneur, I'd have all this freedom. I could do whatever I want. That is true, but also like now you can do whatever you want. So it's hard to, to know how to handle that freedom sometimes. So moments when I despised my window cleaning company um, because that's not ultimately the thing that I wanted to build, but it was the only thing that I actually saw producing income and moments where I doubted if I was a good communicator and if I had anything actually worth saying and I didn't want to just be another talking head in the sea of Kind of self-pronounced influencers on socials. Those moments, they would start to eat at me, right? And I'd seek different people and mentors to talk about during these moments. And it was tough because I kind of got to a point where I almost had too many outside voices sharing their thoughts. They were all with good intent, and and nobody, everybody was really encouraging. But at some point, I realized, man, it wasn't helping me. And I, I think I was waiting for someone else to change my mind, for someone else to come. And save the day. And so those are really weird places to find yourself where you don't know exactly what to do, but the fear of what's next is even stronger than it was before when I did have a job. So in those seasons, I'd find that if I did nothing, my mind would race, right? Maybe I didn't have a job that day for streakers. And maybe I wasn't creating content, right? So I'd look for comfortable, safe paths out of the pain, like securing maybe a, a job that would ultimately... Uh, just be a choice of settling for me. Um, but at least I wouldn't be scared and I wouldn't allow my wa- mind to wander. Right. But I'd always kind of realize, well, that's not it either. And so it was like, I couldn't even take my own medicine of what the, in the meantime brand is all about this idea of, Hey, you can build a wonderful life and you can do the things you feel like you're called to do. And, and you can have peace and joy in the meantime. I was having moments where I was like, wait, I- I'm not even <laughs> experiencing that. So how can I talk about it? And oddly enough, whether it was kind of an answer to prayer or grace I needed in the moment, I'd have the right conversation with the right friend. I'd book a speaking gig. I'd receive a DM from someone who said, hey, keep going. I love your content. It's helping. And I'd land a good size cleaning contract for my business and would begin to feel myself kind of come out of this spiral of maybe self-pity. So here's what I learned. I knew that I could not rely on that pattern because that's not healthy. Uh, nor is it the type of life I want to live in the meantime. So there's some things I had to figure out. So that's been the problem i faced for the last 18 months or so. And I wanted to share it because though your meantime might not look the same, I've had enough conversations to know that in some type of way, most people face similar scenarios. Also, in case you're thinking about jumping into entrepreneurship, maybe there's some lessons you can learn uh, before you embark. So here's how this year I've begun to cultivate a new mindset to handle the in the meantime of where I'm at. Okay, so this is, boy, you're going to hear, I got three tips here and not one of them is revolutionary. Uh, All things you've heard before, but it's like I've earned them. And I'll say that here in a second. Um, Number one, I've had to identify the patterns. So I've had to notice the patterns in my life. What makes me feel up? What makes me feel down? Right? Right. Because of the highs and lows I'd experienced through conversations with my wife and extremely, really close friends, I decided to actually uh, see a counselor to help me with this very thing, uh, to identify and work through the patterns of this new kind of career transition. And without really wanting to seem like over dramatic, kind of this transition of identity a bit. Like I, I would tell everyone, hey, I'm the same person, I'm pastoral at heart, I've always had my hands in different things, but but I do not hold a full-time position as a pastor. So there's a, a shift in identity. So we noticed the overarching pattern was that I'd have these two to three months of waves that would kick in where I was either hot or I was cold. When I was hot, I'd be hitting all the practices I know are important for my spiritual life, physical life, relational, financial, and my businesses. However, I'd go full speed at them which would lead to I wouldn't say burnout but just just this pace that wasn't sustainable like I couldn't keep doing the things I was doing. So the pattern of comparison thinking that I should be further than I was uh rather than recognizing it had only been 10, 12, 14 months since I embarked on this journey. Um and and the need to recognize that hey one brick doesn't build a house. I think it's still hard I can say those things and it sounds great it's a good reminder. But like you see the people on social media, they're like, 24 months ago, I jumped from my job and and now I'm doing millions and whatever, right? And so um, even still, it's hard to remember. But I had to go back and say, look, this this is a little amount of time in the meantime of life. The shift in my mental state wasn't that if I would just work harder, I could avoid these patterns. Rather, the shift came in renewing my thinking in a way that would allow me to be alert of what causes a shift in patterns. So if I started to change a habit or if the circumstance came in, like I wanted to start being aware of what's going to kind of give these patterns a Genesis, like what pat what's going to cause these patterns to kick in. So this is an example and this one can be kind of silly, but it's real. Um, I recognize that through the years, not just as an entrepreneur, but through the years, February has been a tough time for me mentally because it's so cold and I don't like the cold. And there are not many in speaking engagements lining up um, because I've already maybe did the winter retreats which usually happen in January. And then no one's hiring for streakers because it's so cold, right? So I would feel like there's nothing for me to do. So I would do nothing. So personally the shift in my mindset needed to be that, hey, in a season where I I should start planting seeds, right? Whether that's marketing for streakers or creating content for in the meantime, and if possible, maybe even planning a quick two to three day getaway with my wife somewhere warmer, maybe to the beach, right? Maybe to some kind of condo. And this is just like, not necessarily scapegoats, but it's just recognizing, hey, this might help because this pattern happens every year for me. So I want to prepare for it. It's not trying to avoid the pattern. It, it, this is just going to happen, right? Um, rather, it's recognizing ways that I can get ready for it. When it comes to the pattern of burning out or getting fatigue, I've had to, and still am, uh, doing the work to make sure I'm building sustainable routines and habits. So getting to this outcome is only possible because I've had to face the challenge to begin with. So the only way I'm able to even get to the place where I realize, hey, I, I got to maybe have a little bit better schedule, routines, habits, is because I had to walk through the pain of realizing I didn't have those things. So that's the tough part about recognizing the patterns, and the tough part about just walking through the meantime in general. Here's why this is probably relevant for someone who's thinking about doing the same thing. If you kind of have a personality like me where you're a really good starter, you're willing to step out, encourage, and jump, you probably have the weakness that I have. The weakness of maybe some endurance or sustainability or whatever, right? Consistency, whatever it might be like. And so usually, right, your greatest strength is also going to be your weakness. And so even recognizing the pattern of that. Number two, again, this one is going to sound so cliche, but number two is I have had to and am working on enjoying the process. This is a phrase that I believe is earned, not given. The ability to enjoy the process is earned, not given. As I've gone through my In the Meantime journey, this has been a phrase I've no doubt said probably since I was a teenager, but even each day as it goes through, this phrase gains more credibility and more meaning, right? So I probably said this every month since I've jumped, but only now does it feel like I've earned it, and I'm sure next year I will feel like I've earned it even more. You cannot enjoy the process until you've actually been through the process a little bit. And part of enjoying it has meant that I've had to identify the patterns within it. So these two go hand in hand. Identifying the patterns, enjoying the process go together. It's a crazy kind of freedom to wake up every day and have no one to report to and, and nearly zero expectations from anyone outside of customers that you know have hired us to clean their windows or people that hire me to speak. It's a freedom that you have to learn how to navigate. Otherwise, it becomes a prison because then you're just kind of like in this abyss, like I said, of freedom. For me, getting to a mental state of enjoying the process is recognizing that there are still things I have to do that I'd rather not have to do. Just because I've jumped and I've got my own businesses, there's still things that have to get done that I don't want to do. But instead of trying to do 10 things at one time just to get it out of the way, I've recognized the pattern when I do that is that leads to unsustainability. So I break them into more manageable tasks across the week. In fact, to the point where I say there's two or three things a day I got to do, and that's it. I'm not going to make this giant long list. This is all I'm working on today, making this podcast. The second thing is for streakers. I'll send a couple emails. So this sounds so obvious, but living a life of peace and joy in the meantime demands that you find ways to enjoy the process no matter the challenges you face. So the real solution for me has come in setting up blocks where I dream, think of ideas, and work on what needs to be done. And when I'm done, I turn it off, and I enjoy the next moment I'm in. When I wasn't doing this, I found that I'd be at home with my family, but wasting that time just reeling with ideas and thoughts on how to maybe change the circumstance I was in. Because I've placed parameters around it, I can now begin to enjoy the times of rest. And there is going to be a day where I don't find myself enjoying the moment, right? And so that's why, A, I go back and listen to myself talk, or I have these little uh, kind of reminders sprinkled throughout my day. And that is gonna be the third tip. Celebrate the journey. Nothing profound here, but again, when you are in it, when you are in the meantime, whatever challenge or struggle, even if it's a good thing, like building a business or a brand or or working through your marriage or or working out. It can be easy to only focus on the L's, the losses, uh, or where you're coming up short. But that is a surefire way to fall into a pattern of defeat, which for me would lead itself to almost a paralysis state, right? So I was talking with a business mentor of mine and he said, hey, you can do anything, but you can't do nothing. So part of the pattern recognition for me I had to realize that when I lacked celebration for all that I was accomplishing, it would lead to discouragement where I'd end up doing nothing. I'd take a whole day just maybe like sleeping on the couch or something, right? And I had other business mentors in my life say, hey, I had to work through that. I had those moments too. And so, A, that helped me feel like I wasn't alone, right? Um, I had to begin to take a step back and say to myself, and this is what I'd say, and what I'm still saying, hey, it's been 8, 12, 15, 18 months now where I've continued to create something out of nothing. I'm getting jobs for my business. I'm still putting speaking engagements on the calendar. I'm slowly writing the book I've dreamed about. I'm creating content that gets positive feedback. We're still consumer debt-free. There's no debt that we've gone into out of necessity, right? I have a healthy family. I have incredible friends. And God is still opening doors and using me in ways I didn't expect. So this isn't about me going on an egomaniac, self-motivating journey, but rather it's about encouraging myself and you can encourage yourself to keep moving forward by tracing steps of success that you've been taking. So for me, here's one of those little reminders and how I do it. All I have to do, and you can do this too, is I open up my phone and I go to the photos and I look back over the last 18 months. And it begins to trigger just these incredible, encouraging feelings within myself, a reminder that I'm work, what I'm working on is good and that my life is full of peace and joy. So many amazing memories are saved in my photos, right? So I've taken a lot of time to talk to you about kind of a vulnerable state of my in the meantime journey and what it's looked like over the almost last two years. But I wanted to do it so that you know what I'm sharing is real, true, and I say earned. And uh, throughout this season, I've constantly gone back to many Bible verses that have continued to encourage me, but also remind me that I do feel passionate about what I'm doing and that what I am doing, I believe, is the path that God has called me to. So I don't know what the next year, three years, or five years of my in the meantime will look like, but these verses that I keep repeating have helped me make sure that the mental component of my in the meantime life is where it needs to be and here here's some of the verses let me just read them for you i, I put four down and i have more but these are verses i try to read every morning and so the first one is romans 12 2 it says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will i want to make sure that i'm thinking about what i'm thinking about Psalms 118 24. Great way to start the day. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Every single day is a gift and it is a day that God has given you. So I am going to be excited about it and I'm going to keep moving forward. Ephesians 4:8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I want to be thinking about things that are going to lift me up, that are going to encourage me, and are going to help me do the same things for other people. In Galatians 6, 4-5, through make a careful exploration of who you are. Look inward. And the work you have been given. And then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself, but don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can do With your life. The Bible is saying look inward so you can build upward. God has something that he has given you that he wants you to work towards creatively. Take responsibility for your life and recognize, hey, I'm still here and there's still a job that God has for me. So culture is constantly bidding for your mind and it's your most valuable asset that God has given you. So don't give it away. I think last year the marketing, uh, I think it was $1.4 trillion was spent on marketing. That means your mind is worth $1.4 trillion because that's how much it's worth to change your thoughts, right? The health component of number two will drastically impact the way that you live you're in the meantime. And I hope in some way that my journey can encourage you uh, to keep taking the right next steps to building a healthy whole life. I think uh, this is all we got, right? We got this life and there will always be new struggles and tough challenges But if we renew our mind in a way to see that everything that comes can be an opportunity to build a more meaningful life, then we will end up with that being the result. I hope you're doing well. And I hope, whatever in the meantime season that you are in, um, you can begin to maybe take some control by transforming your thoughts, renewing your mind, and recognizing hey, I have been given this gift of life, I've been given this gift of thought. I'm not going to give it away. I'm going to I'm going to take hold of it and I'm going to partner with God in how he wants to use my life and how he wants me to think and I'm going to start taking tiny steps towards building a healthier whole life. We have an alternative. We can coast and we can drift and we can live in agonizing comfort, which I feel like so many people do. Or we can build an incredible life, an extraordinary one, uh, an abundant one, where generosity just comes out of us, where we light up the room when we walk in it, not when we leave, when we are joyful people, when we are um, just helping people step out of maybe some of that comfort and we're inspiring them to, to live their best life and their relationships and their finances and their physical health and their in their jobs, right? And so um, that is what, in the meantime, is all about I hope this was a good one for you. If it is, if it was encouraging and you got to hear a little bit of my story, uh, which again, I'm in, I'm in the meantime, my story, there's going to be days where I feel down, but for the most part, I want to make sure, Hey, I'm catching my thoughts as they come in and I'm directing them the way that God wants me to direct them. And uh, I believe that can help me build a better future, better life. And so I think you can do the same. So Thanks so much. If you enjoyed it, uh, go ahead and share it, rate it, and um, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks.